and operated in the city of Pineville, Louisiana. Robinson Family Mortuary serves the entire community of central Louisiana and surrounding parishes, including Natchitoches, Avoyles, Grant, Wynn, Allen, and throughout the entire state. Robinson Family Mortuary is staffed with over 40 years of tender loving care and experience. Robinson Family Mortuary offers cremation, floral arrangements, headstones, and catering for your repast. For information regarding any of our services, please feel free to contact Dolores or Tyrone at 318-442-7300. That's 318-442-7300. Robinson Family Mortuary, a family serving families. Robinson Family Mortuary is now located at 1815 Military Highway, Hineville, Louisiana. Hours of operation are from 8 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. Robinson Family Mortuary, a proud sponsor of this program. Southern Heritage Bank is Central Louisiana's family of banks that provide that personal service in a corporate environment. Southern Heritage Bank is located 5211 Jackson Street. You can phone them at 318-561-2227. Southern Heritage Bank has a full range of services that are available such as online banking, freedom checking, 24-hour bank line. You can phone 1-800-992-7059. And we are an equal housing lender. Southern Heritage Bank promises prompt services without unnecessary hassle. Come in. Let us service your banking need. Again, that all-important phone number is 318-561-2227. Thank you for tuning in for today's message with Reverend Larry R. Turner. If you would like a copy of today's message, you can contact the church office at 318-443-8715 to purchase a CD for only a $7 donation. Always remember, it's worth a trip to come and visit Christian Love Baptist Church, 3515 Hudson Boulevard, Alexandria, Louisiana. Welcome to Live Big Ministries, where Harry Cooper Jr. is pastor and spirit coach. We are located at 2840 Hollywood Avenue. We live in victory every day, believing in God. If you're interested in joining us in worship, we worship every Sunday at 1030. Bible study Tuesday at 630 and Wednesday at noon. We have a mentoring program if you're interested in mentoring young people at Warner Park Elementary School on Thursdays at 1230. Here at Hollywood, we believe that the loving is oh so good, so we're reaching out to the Shreveport community and the overall Louisiana community with a message of love, a message of hope, a message of encouragement. Listen now to a recent broadcast by Hollywood Presbyterian Church and Live Big Ministries, where Harry Cooper is pastor. For as long as the Spirit gives utterance this morning, we want to preach from the topic, Rough Riders. I begin with an illustration. A number of years ago, there was a quarterback in the NFL named Donovan McNabb. Donovan McNabb, uh, from Chicago, uh, played for the Philadelphia Eagles as his first team. And when Donovan was playing, he played on a team in which he was a decent old, very good quarterback, but he did not have very good receivers. And every year he would be able to corral enough energy to get the team to the NFC playoffs and to the division championship, but could never quite get over the hump. He had receivers who were just average. And because he had average receivers, no matter how good of a quarterback you are, he could not make those receivers superstar 
receivers. And after the game, they would ask Donovan McNabb, Donovan, what happened? And every time that Donovan McNabb would respond, he would always say, I was unable to do all I needed to do. No matter what happened, no matter what an interview Donovan McNabb had, there was not a time when Donovan McNabb threw the ownership or the other receivers under the bus. Donovan was always accountable for himself. And even when he could not do everything for everybody because he was not handed the most helpful tools, he still did not complain or or gripe. He simply let it be. He was accountable for the institution. And as a leader, Donovan McNabb was a rough rider. By not throwing others under the bus, he was accountable. When he did have a elite receiver and got Terrell Owens playing for them, he was able to corral enough strength to get the team to the Super Bowl. It says that if you are patient, you will ultimately be blessed with the tools necessary if you remain faithful and true and accountable to who you are. There are others, however, who when confronted with negative ideas about themselves, the first thing that they do is start throwing people under the bus. Anybody know anybody like that? If you talk to them and ask them about anything that they might not have done as well, the first thing they do is they start squealing on somebody else. Well, uh, I mean, you know people like that if you read the Bible. Because you found out that you cannot get through the first four chapters of the book of Genesis without having some, finding somebody who has some accountability issues. The, the, The first accountability issue that we find in scripture, I would have to say, comes from, uh, Adam. Adam, the, the, the first, the first one who had an opportunity to be a rough rider, but chose the other pathway when, when, when confronted because God gave Adam the declaration, Adam, this is what you are to do. You are not to eat from that tree. Now God is as, at least as it is laid out in the scriptures that we have, did not tell Eve that she was not to eat from the tree. She told Adam he was not supposed to eat from the tree. Adam was the one who received the message. Adam was the one who was given the challenge, who was supposed to fulfill and uphold what he was supposed to do. So now everybody may have a weak link or a blind side. And in this case, this new person in the garden, Eve, might have been his weak link. And so Eve eats the fruit. And then she says, hey, baby, this stuff is good here. Now, Adam, uh, um, mystified by her beauty, I'm sure, and enchanted by what she is sharing with him and believing her report somehow forgets that God had told him that's the tree you're not supposed to eat from. So Adam eats the fruit, and when God comes into the garden, the first thing he does is hide, and that's what you do. That's the first sign of not being accountable. And so go, Adam then goes, puts on some, some leaves, Now, they've been walking around fully free, 
But when he does what he is not supposed to do, he becomes bound by some thoughts in his mind that makes him feel as though he is not complete. And so when God says, Adam, Adam, where are you? He says, I'm hiding here in the bushes because I was naked. And God says, who told you I made you wrong? Because if you think that you are, if you thought that you were naked and then being naked was something that you should be ashamed of, then you have gotten some faulty information. So I need to understand who has told you wrong. And so then he's confronted again with, well, what did you do, Adam? And then Adam, this woman that you gave me, now deflect this woman you gave me. So now, not only is Adam not being accountable for his action, he's blaming God for what God, this woman, you gave me. She the one who got me all twisted and turned around and, and, and I did it. Oh, so that wasn't enough? Then the next thing you know, you can't get through a whole nother chapter in Genesis and Cain has all been blown up. Abel and Cain both bring their sacrifices to God. God appreciates and says, you know what? I see Abel, you didn't work, you didn't give me from your, not just from your excess, you gave to me from your heart. You gave to me from the depth of your being. And God appreciated Abel's sacrifice more than Cain. Cain hears this, and instead of Cain saying, you know what? Let me be a rough rider and let me get better. Uh-uh, no, no, no. Cain says that old Abel got to go. He's not a rough rider. A rough rider in the context of what I'm sharing with, a rough rider is someone who is fully accountable and they are ride or die. A rough rider will ride with you and they will ride with you till death do them part. They will be with you through stormy weather. They'll be with you in the sunshine and they will be with you in the rain. A rough rider is not a fair weather friend. A rough rider is someone who's got your back. Oh yes, some folk will be with you when you write. Oh yes, when, when, oh, you, when, when, you, when you rolling, they got your back. But the moment you stumble, the moment you kind of fall off the pathway, all they got is fingers of accusation to point at you. I know somebody may have heard of somebody like that. They, 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 you had a friend that, that when you were good, when everything was, was going right, but then you got yourself in a little trouble and they were, they were your friend until you got yourself in trouble. But they weren't really your friend because had they been your friend, they saw you headed toward that brick wall, but they never said nothing to you about the brick wall in front of you. Oh, oh they, you know, they were a little bit, I, I, I kind of, you know, I, 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 I didn't think it was my business. You're my friend. You, you, you saw me messing up. But instead of trying to challenge me to be better, all you did was, <laughs> yo, dog, man. It seems like that was fun. Uh-huh. You have a good time? Yeah, dog. Well, man, that's just your thing, bro. Now, you don't necessarily, I, I can say this, a rough rider is not a partner in crime. You don't necessarily need partners in crime. If your rough rider is a partner in crime, then maybe your whole uh, uh, um, worldview might need to be shifted just a little bit because we don't need partners who help us to do dirt. We, we, uh, I, I don't know. Anybody here know enough about how you're getting dirt by yourself? 
Uh, maybe, maybe you don't. May I, I'm, let me talk about, about me. Uh, if, if Pastor Cooper is not spiritually focused, if Pastor Cooper does not maintain spiritual disciplines, then anything could happen on any given day. I, I could, my head could be on a swivel and I can look and say, whoa, that thing looked good. So you need some people in your spiritual life who are able to hold you accountable to share with you, uh, sister, my brother, have you thought about this sister or brother how is your prayer life sister or brother what's going on in your life that's what happens in the scene in the weight room in the movie war room and as you can tell this is continuing in the second week of preaching from the war room um, Bible study that we're doing in the middle of the week this is building on week number two and week number two is about accountability if it is that you are intending to have a strong prayer life if it is that it is your intention to be able to transform the things in your life, the people in your life, your situation in life, then you're going to have to have a strong prayer life. And one of the ways of having a strong prayer life is consistency. If you are not able to be consistent in your spiritual disciplines, you're going to be inconsistent in your spiritual behavior. It's very much like if you're eating junk food, it's real hard to say you're really healthy. Now you can trick yourself and believe it, especially when you're younger and your metabolism is high. You can say and go around eating all the potato chips and French fries and everything else that your body can handle till you get yourself full. I'm not talking about nobody but myself. And so, but, but, but after you reach a certain age, that old potato chips don't go nowhere. And you start looking and they right there. They, they ain't going nowhere. They right there, right on your little hips. They start, they, start, they start collecting in your hips. They start collecting all your chest and your waist area. And now all of a sudden, that thing which was good to you is no longer good for you. The work that we do is continue hoping that, that, you know, every time I thank God for, for, for chances. And I guess Mary Ann is our third chance <laughs> trying to continue the process of getting this eating thing right. So that if you could take it, so she never had a French fry too late, um, <laughs> but if she had never had a French fry, she might not never know what she was missing again. I say too late. <laughs> You began to see that some things are just, they just follow, they follow a pattern because children begin to ultimately reflect their parent. And if the parent is eating a certain thing, the child's not going to look and say, well, uh, I see you are there with a French fry, dad. We began to understand that we began to have to be accountable in multiple layers of our lives for the things that we're beginning to see. So in this particular text in Galatians, Paul is writing to the church at Galatia and he says, sisters and brothers, if someone is caught in the act of sin, so we're not talking about speculation about sin. They were caught in the act. If someone is caught in the act of sin, you who are spiritual should restore them gently. What does that mean? That means that if you know that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and if you know that we all have a, have a dark side, the side that we don't want everybody else to know about, everyone in this room has a dark side. 
You might not tell me about your dark side. We might not go and talk about your dark side. Oh, but when you all by yourself, you know your dark side. You know your proclivity to do whatever you feel grown enough to do. You know the things that you have done in your life born from your dark side. A am I right? You don't, have to, you don't have to confess the dark side, but at least confess you got one. The, the, the first line of getting a healing is to begin to accept the fact that, yes, I have a dark side. Uh, you, you know those words that they don't use in the Bible. And then now and then, they are sweet to your lips because they're the first ones that come out. If not, then you must not be a golfer or a bowler. Paul is speaking against the legalism that exists within that community where people who are supposedly get so holy that they don't have no time for anybody else. And all they can do is speak to condemn others. So they find issue after issue after issue because they have made an idol of the Bible. And so they are connected to the words and disconnected from the word. Let me break that down. You can be connected to the words. You can know every verse in the Bible. But that does not mean you know the inspirer of that verse. Anybody can memorize anything. But what is at the heart of Scripture? What is at the heart of the Ten Commandments? It is simply to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Upon these two hang all the law of all the prophets. If you were trying to, to compact, compact, compact the Bible into one little small little pebble in which everybody could be able to deal with. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. But you have these people, even in our society, especially maybe in our society today, who become so caught up with, with legalism that they don't have time to deal with anybody. You got evangelicals that would care more about an issue that they believe is the core issue of everything, abortion. But so they care about not being able to provide for abortions, but they don't care about the babies once they get here. There's a disconnect. How do you speak against abortion, but also speak against making sure that WIC and, and Planned Parenthood has an opportunity to do its job. Planned Parenthood is not exclusively about abortion. 90% of what Planned Parent does is not about abortion. It's about making plans before you become a parent. It's about getting ahead of the game. But instead, you have people who are so caught up on an issue that they forget this is life. Oh, oh, you know, you, oh, oh, uh, the Bible says. So now they riding, they rough riding over, over, over homosexuality. I'm sharing with you from the core of my heart. I really don't believe at the end of the day, God cares as much about who you sleep with as much as God cares about who you walk with and who you live with and what you do when you get up out of the bed. Because you're going to spend more time out of the bed than you're going to be in the bed. So whatever happens in that room, that's between you and who. But when you get out, are you loving God's people? Are you treating people right? Are you doing the work of God? Are you, are you building the kingdom of God? Are you caring for the poor? What are you doing when you get out of bed? So when your simple issue is over concern with who's sleeping with who? Oh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm just doing, I'm just being, speaking as true as I understand. I'm not saying somebody right or wrong. I'm simply saying that if you are going to be caught up with 
throwing rocks at somebody else, make sure your house is in order. If you're going to be talking about the sin of everybody else, make sure that two by four not sticking through your big old skull. Make sure that you are walking right and living right and loving right. Then maybe if you're loving right, living right, then maybe your life will be an example and the people around you might not ever get to that point where they're doing that stuff. But because they can't tell you from you, because all they see is what you do, they can't hear what you say. Your audio and your video become disconnected. You talk a talk that you can't walk. All I'm saying is scripture right here breaks it down. If you're going to be a rough rider, as rough rider believers, as believers in God, make sure you who are spiritual should restore gently those who are caught in the act of sin. Don't you think they might know they have done wrong? Last person you told they did wrong. Did you not think they might have known that? What would have been more helpful to them? Might have been for you to say what's going on in your world and how can I walk with you? That, that's, that's, what can we do together? Can, uh, can, we, can I pray with you? Who was the last person you asked, can I pray with you, who you saw acting out? Have you ever asked somebody? You talk about thugs and gangbangers, gangbangers and all those. Have you ever talked to pray for them? Maybe, maybe, maybe you're a little too scared. Maybe you're scary like that. I'm not in that. God gives you wisdom. There are some folk you don't just walk up on. I guarantee it might not go well. But that doesn't mean when you walk by them, you at least can't, you can, you can at least pray for them. If what they did and who they are and what they represent frightens you, at least pray for courage. How do you know that your prayer might not be the catalyst for them making a more proper decision? And how do you know that by not overcoming your fear, you might be along with a cadre of other people who never overcame their fear. Therefore, no one has ever shared with them anything that was loving and caring and kind. So if you never had a loving person who believed in you, what do you think would happen? Everybody here has had some rough riders in, in your life. You've had somebody who was able to say, go ahead, do what you do. You know what's right. You've had somebody who was praying for you. Almost everybody here, and most people under the sound of my voice, but if that has not happened, know that somebody here is praying for you. When, when you might be asleep, there may be times I'm up praying for you. Sometimes I call you by name. Sometimes I call you by group. But I am praying for the believers that are under the charge of Hollywood Presbyterian Church, that are under the charge of Live Big Ministries, that are under the charge of Good Hope. My prayer is that the body of Christ will grow stronger in who God is calling us to be. And yes, we all got some messed up stuff in our journey. You got your dark side. Understand, your dark side does not have to win. Just because you got it doesn't mean you have to use it. Carry each other's burdens. Ooh, I, I'm in the book, right? I'm not writing this stuff. Carry each other's burdens. Care about somebody other than you. It's not all about you, sisters and brothers. Care about somebody else. Lift up somebody while you are climbing to reach the highest height. Lift somebody else up. If anyone thinks themselves to be something when they are nothing, they deceive themselves. 
That, that, that connects even to what last week talked about in, in Revelations 3 when, when, when the word goes out to the church of Laodicea. And the Laodicean church talks about some of them were, they thought themselves to be rich and richly adorned. And then the scripture said, did you not know you were naked and lowly and filthy? All this time you thought you were all that and you was really messed up. If a person thinks themselves to be something when they are nothing, they deceive them. Each one should test their own actions. The first rough rider in the nature of being a rough rider is rough riding for yourself. Be a rough rider for you. Be a rough rider for your goals. Be a rough rider for the things that God is calling you to do. Are you a rough rider? Are you ride or die? You see, because if you're not ride or die for you, no matter who you have in your life encouraging you, they're not going to get to you. The greatness that you desire, the next level in spirit and the next level in God that you may be aspiring toward will not fall from the sky. It will be born from your commitment to work and make it happen. It's not magic. It's work. Don't be deceived. You can fool me. Oh, I, I, I met, oh my goodness, I cannot tell you how many people who I might invite to church on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday who will be telling me, I'm coming, Rev, Rev, I'm, I got you, man, I'm going to be there. You, you, you can fool me. You, you, you can tell me things and I might go right ahead and believe it because my job is not to disbelieve, it is to encourage. However, lying to yourself will get you sent to the crazy house. <laughs> it is when you start believing stuff that you told yourself about yourself that you knew wasn't true, but you told it to yourself enough so much that you started to believe it. When you start believing your own lies, you in trouble, trouble, trouble. Do not be deceived. God cannot be, you can't trick God. God know the trick game, seen the trick game. Let us not become weary in well-doing. For in due season we will reap a harvest if we faint not. A couple, couple things that I simply share with you. That God is calling us to be accountable. To be rough riders. And when you have a rough rider in your life. You begin to believe that there are some things that you can achieve that you never could have or would have achieved without having rough riders in your life. I'm encouraging everyone here to know that you can have a rough rider, but you got to also be willing to be a rough rider. Who you're rough riding with, not just with people when the good things are going on in their life, when they got money rolls, cars and clothes. People don't always need you then. They need you when they're broke. They need you when they're hurting. They need you when they're empty. They need you when you when when no one else is around. That's when a rough rider shows up. A rough rider shows up and says, I got you. I, I, I got you. The rough rider says, I got $5, and if all, you, if all I got is $5 I'm willing to give you, we can share this $5 and get what we can get with this $5 together. We might be broke tomorrow, but we'll be broke together. A rough rider begins to realize that when you share a pain, you cut it in half. When you share a joy, you double it. That's what rough riders understand. So when you're in your pain and a rough rider comes along, it cuts it in half because now that load is being shared by two people. 
And then when you get through, when you get through to the next level, when you get through to the place where God has been carrying you and you say, man, let me tell you what the Lord has done for my life. Now you doubled that joy because now you got two people saying, hallelujah, Lord, we trusted you. We believed in you. We knew that you could do it. We knew that it was rough. We knew that it was tough. We knew we were broke for a long time. We were broke so long we never thought we'd get up out of being broke. But look at what God has done now. And now instead of being a lender, we are a instead of being a borrower we are a lender now we're able to bless others as we have been blessed by others we began to congeal and become rough riders in the body of Christ we began to hold up other people and we began to understand that no matter what goes on in your life no matter how rough and tough and difficult it might be that you have a rough rider in your life now if you can't point to a rough rider let me tell you that God is an ever-present help in the time of trouble. Let me tell you, you got a rough rider in God. You got a G-O-D who seek cares all about you. You have a father and a friend and a creator who will never leave you nor forsake you. He will go with you through the highways and the byways of life. So if you can't find a human rough rider, you, God is your rough rider. Jesus is your rough rider who took on all of your shame and all of your pain so you could have a chance for extra and eternal life. That's what Jesus did and we are a people of God are you a rough rider uh, 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 I'm gonna try that one more time I, I must not be doing my job well enough I'm gonna try that one are you a rough rider yeah. are, are, are you able to handle it no matter what comes your way you're a rough rider you're here today do you know how much you have all have to overcome just to be here today if the devil had had his way, you'd have been dead and buried in your grave. But the Lord made your enemies behave, and you're here today. You have overcome obstacles after obstacles, and you're still here. And that's something to be grateful for. That's something to shout for. That's something to give God some glory and some praise for. Because even though you may still not be where you're trying to go, God's not through with you yet. <laughs> God is not through with you yet. That's why we continue to work to live in victory every day, believing in God. That's why we live big. That's why we